might be, might be, oh, please, oh, Lord, dear Lord, look down on me. When I kneel in prayer, blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Brother James. Amen. Good morning, everyone. First day of a new year. We just thank God for, first of all, bringing us through the last year without losing one soul that worships with us. That's a blessing in and of itself. We just thank God for what he's already done for us, what he is doing for us, and what he will do for us. I'm going to get right into my lesson today because I don't want my wife to be coughing. So um, I want to start off asking the question. Or making a statement. I believe that everyone in here has heard the term. The definition of insanity is repeating the same thing and expecting a different result. You've heard that, you know, that's an Einstein quote, but everybody says it. Insanity is the what? Repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting it to have a different result. Today I want to talk about that because it not only applies to things in life, but it also applies to things within the body of Christ. There's the potential in the body to be doing the same thing over and over again, and you're expecting to get a different result. We're going to look at that today. But I want to deliver to you, first of all, before we get started, something that I know is not the act of insanity, and it needs to be repeated every time you get a chance. First, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12. Therefore, mm-hmm. I will always remind you about these things. Yes. Even though you already know them mm-hmm. and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Harry. Go to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 3. Mm-hmm. Start at verse 1 for me, brother. And it reads. Yes. Moreover, brethren. Moreover, brethren. I declare unto you the I, gospel. I make known to you the gospel, yes. Which I preached unto you, mm-hmm. which also you have received. That means they heard it and understood it, and, and they acted on it. Mm-hmm. By which also you are saved. Keep reading, Harry. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, mm-hmm. unless you have believed in vain. Mm-hmm. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Right. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Uh-huh. And that he was buried. Mm-hmm. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The thing that we should repeat every opportunity we get is the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The fact that he died, was buried, and rose again the third day. That is something that we should continually and constantly be repeating. Today I want to take a look at if we're doing it or not. And why we are not. Okay? So we want to look at that by, first of all, making a statement to clarify some things. Galatians 4.16 says, if I tell you the truth, do I now become your enemy? Today we're going to talk about some truths that we need to address as members of the body of Christ. And it's appropriate being that this is the very first day of the year. This is that day, like Brother Dwayne was saying in classes this morning, you make those uh, commitments you know, you make those pledges, you know, you, you make those plans for what you're going to do the year. Well, today I want to lay a foundation for what we should do this year for the Lord's church. 
As always, I got to begin with some definitions. The first word I'm going to define for you today is insanity. Insanity is a noun. In its original definition, it means to be severely disordered in state of mind. It usually occurs as a specific disorder. So the original definition of insanity was what? To have a severely disordered state of mind, which usually occurs as a specific uh, disorder. However, as time went on, the definition of insanity expanded. And it now also means to include extreme folly, unreasonableness, something utterly foolish and unreasonable. So if somebody's saying this is the definition of insanity, in today's terms it means what you're doing is foolish and it's useless and it's senseless. So now let's take a look at what we're dealing with. The next word is bear, B-E-A-R, like the bearing of fruit. By definition, bear means to make, do, express action either as complete, completed or continued. Verse, uh, version number one, to make, form, produce, bring about, cause. Spoken of corporally, obvious, uh, obvious to the senses, completed action. What does it mean? All I'm saying is, when you bear forth something, you've made it. It has been created. It exists. It is now in the presence of everyone around us. What do I mean? When a woman bears a baby, we see a child come out. That's what it means to bear something, to produce something. So we're going to look at insanity versus bearing something. And the thing that we are talking about bearing is fruit. 2590, K-A-R-P-O-S. The definition for fruit in the Greek is this. The things produced either by a tree, plant, or the earth. Metaphorically, the word fruit means the, the bringing forth of or implementing deeds, works, conduct. In the New Testament, the redeemed human being, meaning us, is presented as a field with God being the owner. So each and every one of us in here now is a field that is owned by God. This is what is the owner's expectation of the fruit, that it be rendered and shared with him, meaning has the soil that God tills or works with, plows up, that is us, he is expecting us to produce a fruit that we can bring back to him. Now, I hope that makes sense to you. If God is the gardener and I'm the soil that he's planting seeds in, he has an expectation of me to create fruit from that seed that could be spread out and make the garden larger. Everybody got that, right? Then now I want us to do something. Let's see how this, uh, this metaphorical term relates to us in the body of Christ. Harry, give me cha- uh, John chapter 15. We're going to start at verse 1. You can give it to me from the New Living. That'll be fine. John 15. John chapter 15, starting at verse 1. Listen, brothers and sisters, I know we're getting ready to head into that zone where you just stand here and look, sit here and look at me, but your mind's somewhere else. So I'm saying this before we get into this. 
I need you to remain focused for the next 15 minutes because I ain't got but a little bit of time and I want to make sure you get everything I'm getting ready to say. You know, because we go into remote mode. You know, people can say what they want to, but halfway in, their eyes get a glaze. <laughs> and it's like, please hurt me. You know how they be, you know, like, oh man, he's still up there? Oh. <laughs> God forbid somebody read a passage in the book, slap like that. Yeah, okay, I got it, I got it, I'm with you. So now, Harry, we're going to start with John chapter 15. Start reading for me at verse number one, John, uh, Harry. I am the true Now hold on a minute. We see that God is the gardener. The person who's talking now is what? Who? Christ, right? He says, I am the vine. That means if he is the vine in this analogy, something else has got to be added to that vine. Keep reading, Brother Harry. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. See there? We see how scripture ties itself together. The passage that we were talking about in the definition says that God is the gardener. Jesus says he's now the vine that the gardener has planted. And what's happening next, Harry? Verse 2, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. Whoa, wait a minute now. If he cuts off the branches that don't produce fruit, what branch am I? Which branch am I? Since some branches get cut off. Keep reading for me, Harry. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so uh -huh. they will produce even more. What does that mean, Brother James? Well, wait a minute. You see how we study God's word? You see how we're supposed to implement it into our daily life? You see how we have to start changing from things that we used to do to carry ourselves differently? That's pruning. That is cultivating us so that we can be a better producing of uh, fruit for the vine. Keep reading, Harry. Verse number four. Yes. Nope. Verse number three, sorry. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Keep reading. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Keep going, Harry. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed by the from the vine. Uh-huh. And you cannot be fruitless unless you remain in me. You know what? Lila said something this morning. Hold on, Harry. Lila brought out the point, you know what? You can come up and sit up in here every week. You can be here with us every time the door is open, but you could be a dead piece of vine on the limb. Just because you show up don't mean you get kudos. On your job, you're expected to show up there. The first thing about a job is you got to show up. The next aspect of the job, when you show up, you have to do some work. So showing up in and of itself don't mean you're going to get a check. Because the boss can say, you ain't working. You just sitting here. Go home. I'm going to clock you out. So don't think being here is a great achievement. That's a requirement. Keep reading for me, Harry. Verse number five. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Keep going. Those who remain in me. Those who remain in me. And I in them. Uh -huh. Will produce much fruit. Did it say might produce much fruit? Will produce. Did it say could produce much will fruit? Produce. Has the ability to produce much fruit? No, it says you will produce fruit. So the thing is, am I being fruitful? Keep reading. Or am I repeating the same insanity the fig tree did? Out here in the garden taking up space and ain't doing nothing for nobody. Ain't even making shade. Keep reading, Harry. For apart from me, you mm -hmm. can do nothing. Keep reading. Anyone who does not remain in me uh -huh. is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Keep going, Harry. Such branches are gathered into a pile 
to be burned. Mm-hmm. But if you remain in me, but if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, and my words remain in you, you may ask me, ask for anything you want, mm-hmm. and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Thank you, Harry. Wait a minute. There's an expectation of the gardener. You see, it's, it's written right here for us. The first thing is, I need to make sure I'm remaining in the Lord. Well, how can I remain in the Lord? First of all, do I study God's word? Do I make it a part of my daily routine? Then when I take God's word in, do I use it and manifest it into an action or work? You know, I start off every sermon with uh, 2 Peter 1, 2 Peter uh, 1 verse 12, and 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 3. Why? Because that's what the that's what we're supposed to be doing every day. Harry, go to Matthew chapter uh, 25. Matthew 25. Yes. Think about what I'm saying as we go through this. Why? Because in effect, the insanity that we create and produce is the way we live all year long. From January 2022 to December 31st, 2022, how much fruit did you produce? Now think about it. If we was on year number three and the pastor came back to his garden and he asked the gardener, hey, did they produce nothing? Didn't make damn fruit. Not a one fig. Hey, cut them down. Why? Because they're useless. They're taking up space in my garden and I can put somebody else in that spot that's going to produce something. We're repeating the same insanity every year. And first of all, before I even go any further in this lesson, as part of the leadership here, I want to stand before you and let you know Brother Dwayne and I are totally godly sorrowful for not leading you all in a way that will promote you to be evangelistic. Why? Because we know we have the people that have the ability to be evangelistic. And Brother Dwayne brought out an excellent point this morning. The people that follow you act like you. So then if you ain't out teaching, that's because we ain't out teaching. See, I own that on the front end. But somewhere along the line, you got to start thinking for yourself. You can only hold it on Brother Dwayne and I for so long. Because, see, one of the things I noticed and I realized, and I'm going to get right back to what I'm saying, but I need to put this out here today. Sometimes people with good intentions and sincere desires put forth some things to manifest what they, they see as good in God's sight. Brother James, what are you trying to say? We have seen the format of leadership that dictates and demands participation. We've seen when that happens how people, they may jump to the, jump to the cold for whatever is said, but their hearts aren't right because they're doing it out of obligation, not out of a sense, sincere sense of desire. So what Brother Dwayne and I do, we made the mistake of going too far to the left. Why? Because we now let things pass that should be addressed. In an effort not to be like someone else, we become the same thing, but in a different direction. We need to start working toward finding the true balance. What does that mean? That means when you don't show up or if there's an issue, we're going to confront you. Why? Because that's our job, to care for your soul. Why? Because we don't want you to repeat that insanity of doing the same thing you did last year again this year. That's the most important aspect of what this thing is about. Insanity is doing the same thing and expecting, why are we not growing? Because we're doing the same thing we did last year. We ain't teaching. 
Why we can't get a place? You need, you need money to get a place. People don't like to talk about money, but let's talk about a little money for just a second. You need money to pay for a place to worship. But it is unreasonable to ask this small number of people to come up with that kind of money. So what, we, what should we do? Let's do what the master says. He says, if you produce fruit, I'll make sure you grow. We ask God to give us something. God said, I gave you all you need. I gave you all the members you got sitting in front of you. And everybody in here has a talent. And if you have a talent and you don't use it, God will take it from you. Harry, start reading for me. Matthew 25, starting at verse 14. And you're going to skip down through this, so it's going to go pretty fast. Again. Yes. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. Keep reading, Harry. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Mm -hmm. He gave five bags of silver. Uh-huh. Two bags of silver to another. Mm -hmm. And one bag of silver to the last. Uh-huh. Dividing it in proportion to their ability. Stop right there. Listen to the key word that Harry just said in that verse. God gave you what you could handle. But everybody in here got something. Some people that have more ability, you get more talents to work with. Some people that have smaller abilities, you get fewer talents. But if you come in the door, you got a talent. So there's no excuse when you get in here, I, well, I, I'm not ready yet, or I haven't learned enough yet, or I need to grow more. No, no, no. It's easy to tell somebody, hey, this is what I did to be saved. Could we have a study? Then you bring somebody that can help you. But if we don't even do the initiating, how can you plant something in something that you ain't got a seed to drop in that soil? That's the reality of it. And the insanity of it is we've been doing it like that for the last three years. We can count our growth in three years. And it's been balanced by people leaving just as much as we got coming in. I think I checked the bulletin. We baptized a total of Five people over the last three years. Five people. Five people in three years. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's going to obey, but first of all, if there's only five that obeyed, how many Bible studies did you have? How many people have you put in front of your table or did over the phone because we were trying to uh, adhere to COVID, so we'll give, that a, we'll give that a reprieve, but how many of us got a cell phone? How many of us know the phone number of people that they could share the God's word with? So don't say that you can't do it. Just say that I ain't doing it. And that's the reality of it. Keep reading for me, Harry. Going on, continuing in verse 14. Yes. 15. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The, ser the person that was added to the body of Christ that was taught the gospel immediately got him to start going out trying to find other people to obey. Keep reading, Harry. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. So wait a minute. These guys are going to work. They're at least doubling what they got. So they're doing some work. They are, they are bearing fruit. They're showing forth the works that faith without works is dead. They're showing that that's a real passage. Now look at this last guy. Verse 18. Yes. But the Wait a minute. That means we're getting ready to change the conditions. Whatever it was before but is going to be the total opposite after but. But the last servant did what, Harry? The, but the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. 
Hold on right there. Dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. If we ain't out teaching, we that, we that one that buried the sack. So we the third one because all we've been doing is burying our sack. Just keeping it there in the ground. Why? Because for whatever reason. I don't teach because I don't know enough scripture. I don't teach because I don't have the availability in time. I don't teach because everybody I talk to ain't going to listen to me. Keep reading, Harry. Verse 19. Yes. After a long time. Wait a minute. Remember when we said in 2 Peter uh, 3 where Jesus says, God ain't slack according to his promises. He's being long-suffering that what? That some of us might be saved. Keep reading, Harry. After a long time, their, masters re their master returned from his trip. Keep reading. And called to give an account of how they had used his money. That means all of us got to stand before the master and give an account. What you do with what I gave you? It's time to own up now. What did you do with what I gave you? What happens now, Harry? The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. Mm -hmm. The master was full of praise. Mm -hmm. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Keep reading. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Uh -huh. so, now I, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Mm. Let's celebrate together. Wait a minute, Harry. He says, you've done well with what you have. Let's celebrate. So that means when we do what we are supposed to do, God will give us the ability to do more and expand our capabilities. Keep reading, Harry. Verse 22. Yes. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, mm -hmm. and I have earned two more. What happens to him, my, uh, Harry? The master said, well done, mm. my good and faithful servant. Keep reading. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Mm -hmm. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Stop before we go to the last one. When the first servant came to him that had five talents, after the servant said he doubled it, God said to him, you did good with a little bit. With this small amount. So that five bags is the small amount. Two bags is smaller than that that I got to work with. Harry, bag number one. Keep going. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. I've been faithful in handling this small amount. Mm -hmm. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Let's celebrate together. Verse 24, Harry. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, mm. harvesting crops you mm. didn't plant, uh -huh. gathering crops you didn't cultivate. Keep going, Harry. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. Wait a minute. When you added me to the body, Lord, I know the kind of God you are and the powerful capabilities you have. So I ain't going to chance it. I'm just going to come here, sit here, and not do nothing. But I'm going to be here every day. And now I'm going to give you back what you gave me. But you said on the front end, you know the type of master you work for. You said on the front end, you know how you collect from places you don't own. So if you know what you, you know who you're working for, you need to know what your job is, man. I need to make sure I get this done. Why? Because this master I got might hurt me if I come back and I ain't do nothing. But instead, I'm a coward. I'm not doing anything. Keep reading, Harry. What happened to this guy? Verse number 26. Mm. But the master replies. But the master replies what? You wicked and lazy servant. Whoa, stop, y'all. Is that us? 
Am I that wicked and lazy servant that ain't doing no production? Think about what the scripture is saying. You evil what servant? You wicked and lazy servant. You wicked, meaning you evil and you lazy. We've been getting what? We're, we're becoming lazy. We're not doing what we can do, what we have the ability to do, what God has given us the opportunity to do. Why? Because we don't got lazy. Keep reading, Harry. If you knew I harvested crops. If you knew that God was coming back. How many of you hold your hand up know that Jesus, Jesus is coming back? So now everybody in here know what that servant is being talked about now. All of us know that he's coming back. Then what else should we already know, Harry? If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops, I didn't cultivate. What is he saying? When I come to do judgment, I'm bringing the whole world in. I'm bringing everybody before my judgment seat. The ones that were in my garden and the ones that weren't in my garden. And then I'm going to render to them what needs to be done. What is he going to do, Harry? Keep reading. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. You know, well, how does that relate to me? Well, why didn't you at least share what you knew with people as you went by your daily day? Why can't you just offer some words of encouragement and say, hey, look, this is what I found. I'm not going to take up all your time, but look, if you see this as an opportunity for you, come on, take it. Do something. You know, be worth, be worth him watering the dirt under you for something. Keep reading, Harry. Verse number 28. Yes. Then he ordered. What did he order? Take the money from this servant uh -huh. and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. Wait a minute. What is he saying? Oh, you ain't going to do no work? I'll put somebody here that will work. Since you ain't doing your job, I'm going to put somebody here that will do and fill that spot that you're taking up space in. Keep going, Harry. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. So wait a minute, brothers and sisters. If you're worried about why you're not learning in God's word, are we studying God's word? Are you wondering why, why I'm not able to teach Bible studies? Because I'm not preparing myself to teach Bible studies. But if I get out there and at least put forth the effort, God says, here, I will increase your ability. Keep reading, Harry. What's going to happen to him? And they will have an abundance. Mm-hmm. But from those who do nothing. From those who do nothing, what's Harry? Even what little they have will be taken away. Even the little bit you got, God going to take it back. <clears throat> if you ain't doing that, so you know what could be happening? You could be just sitting up in here, dead on the vine. Taking up a chair, sucking up AC. That's the reality of what we're talking about. In the beginning of a new year, I don't want to be repeating the same insanity that I did last year. Because like I said at the onset, people follow the leadership. We, Dwayne and I, are making sure that this year we're going to give everything we got to the growth of the Lord's church. We're going to put all our efforts in, and like we always say, you can come with us or you can stay where you're at. Close me out here, Harry. Verse 30, now throw this useless servant into outer darkness. So this useless member out into darkness where there's what? Will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Brothers and sisters, what is he saying? Get on back out there in the world if you ain't gonna commit to the Lord. Go on back into the world if you ain't gonna commit to God. I got a few verses and the lesson's gonna be over. Brother Dwayne, I need you to get 1 John chapter 2 verses uh, 15 and hold it there. <clears throat> Harry, I want you to get Luke chapter 9. We're going to start at verse 23. 
Steve, give me Galatians chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 7. So the first verse we're going to right now is 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Well, what, why am I saying that? And why are we going to go to these verses? The question is not that God has not made it possible for us to be fruitful. The real question I need to ask myself is why do I lack the willingness to produce for God? The question ain't there about having a fruit, I mean, a, a field to go out and bring fruit from or the ability to be able to teach. The question that really is at hand, why I ain't willing to produce fruit? Because there has to be a reason. Like some plants don't produce because, wait, there are no nutrients in the soil. That's why we said that he's going to till that garden to make sure it has the opportunity to be fruitful. And if it has the opportunity to be fruitful and it's not fruitful, it's that fruit that has to go. Why? Because another tree could be planted there that'll work. Start off with me, Brother Duane. First John chapter 2. We're going to look at the reasons why we're not productive for the Lord. Remember these. First John chapter 2, starting at verse 15, says what? From the New Living, Brother says, Do not love this world. Stop right there. Duane, remember in them five reasons why people don't want to uh, own sin? One of them is loving the world. One of the reasons we're in sin, because believe it or not, not teaching when you have the ability to teach is sin. That's sin. We don't own it like that, but that's what it is. If Jesus came back today and he said, your requirement is to have taught X number of people this year. No, he said, if you taught one person this year, you can go to heaven. In 2022, if God came to you and said, if you taught one person the gospel, whether they obeyed or not, you could go to heaven. I don't need nobody to raise the hand. I just need you to think to yourself. One person in 365 days. Just one. Think about it. If the, if the master came back and he would say, hey, come here, bring me your bags and towels. Let me see what you made this year. How many souls in your bag? Your bag's empty. I don't need you. Keep reading for me, Brother Dwayne. He said, don't love this world. And what else, Brother D? Nor the things it offers you. Wait a minute. One of the things that cause us not to produce, we see the things in this world and it's, it's being offered to us for the taking. And what happens if I take it, Brother D? But when you love the world. When you love the world, when, when, when doing worldly things are more appealing to you than serving God, there's a problem. So wait a minute. Am I one of those people that are godless right now? Because I want to be in what the world has to offer. I want to participate with the things my friends like to do. You remember when I was reading in uh, 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 1 Peter chapter 4, where it says your friends will think it's strange because you ain't hanging with them? But before you left them and stopped hanging with them, how many of them did you show the gospel? Think about it now. Why? Because maybe they would have been your friend that came with you to the truth. But instead, you relegate yourself to try to live a double life. Mr. and Mr. Jesus and Mrs. Jesus in here, Mr. and Mrs. Satan out there. Like I told you in another lesson, you can have only one of two masters, but you got a master. Keep reading for me, Brother Lee. Verse 16. Yes. For the world offers only a craving physical pleasure. Wait a minute, listen to this. The world offers only a craving for physical pleasures. 
That means what you're denying yourself when it comes to being faithful to God is something you want to experience physically for yourself. Whether it's a place, people, or things, it's something you want to gain for you. Keep reading, Harry. A craving for everything Bummy, brother, we see. Keep going, brother D. A craving for everything we see. Everything we see. Mm -hmm. And pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. Verse 17. Yes, Brother D. This world is fading away. Everything in everything it. Everything that people pray. Keep reading, Brother D. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So, brothers and sisters, wait. We get the option here. Every day we come in here committing this insanity, staying the same way. God says, hey, okay. I'm going to let you go ahead. You love this world. Get all the love from it you can get. Because when I get back, you're going to have to pay me for that. Get all the enjoyments you can find right now. Why? Because when I get back, you're going to pay me. That's the reality of what we're doing when we don't work for the Lord, when we don't evangelize, when we don't live the life we need to lead. You finished that one, did you, Brother D? Yes, sir. Harry, Luke, chapter 9, starting at verse 23. Luke 9, 23, and here it reads. Yes, Harry. Then yep. he said to the crowd, mm -hmm. if any of you wants to be my follower. Wait a minute. That's what he said to each one of us as well. Then he said to Brother James. Then he said to Sister Cheryl. Then he said to Brother Dwayne. Then he said to Brother Harry, Sister, Sister Tasha, you know, Sister Harriet, <coughs> Sister Rolanda, Steve, uh, Peace, everybody in here. He says, if you're going to follow him, and all of us said we wanted to follow him because all of these people I'm talking about were buried in baptism and added to the body. So if you say you want to follow me, what do I need to do, Harry? You must. I must, not should, but you must what, Harry? Turn from your selfish ways. Every time I don't put God first, I'm putting me first. I'm being selfish. So the first thing I need to do, like we were talking about in Romans chapter 12, change the way I think about how I do things. And then implement the change in my daily life. Keep reading, Harry. Turn from your selfish ways. Turn from your selfish ways and do what? Take up your cross daily. Take up the burden of what? Being like Christ in this world. That cross is me living the life of Christ in this body, in this world. Why? Because I'm going to be ridiculed. We're going to be ostracized. We're going to be talked about. We're going to be slandered. We're going to be put to the test of sin so that they can talk about us. Keep reading, Harry. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Uh-huh. If you try to hang on to your life. If you're trying to keep living like you did before you came to the Lord, what's going to happen, Harry? You will lose it. You're going to lose your very life. And what else, Harry? But. But that, that changes the condition. If you give up your life for my sake. If you give up the way you're living right now for the sake of Christ, what will happen, Harry? You will save it. You're going to save your soul. And what will happen, Harry? And what do you benefit <laughs> If you gain the world, but, but are yourself lost or destroyed. Stop right there, Harry. What is he saying? Everybody in here can have all the worldly success you want. You can reach all your achievements, all your goals, all the things that you aspire to have. But at the end of the day, when Jesus comes back, it all going to get burned up. Don't nobody have a college degree in heaven. Don't nobody have a business license in heaven. There are no billionaire, millionaire, trillionaires. None of that is in heaven. Just those who obeyed and did what God said. Now those who manage the money in Monopoly 
for the game, the those who've benefited themselves, they at home too. What? In the lake of fire. Everybody got somewhere that they can go. Thank you for that one, Harry. I need uh, Steve. Galatians chapter 6. Starting at verse number 7, Steve. Thank you, brother. Verse number 7, uh huh. Listen, brothers and sisters, because see, our mind is deceitfully wicked every time you talk about it. And my mind, my own mind, can mislead me, Steve. I can make me do something wrong. That's why me and I always fight. Keep reading for me, Steve. You cannot mock the justice of God. Don't mock God. You know how people be saying, man, y'all, y'all talking that Jesus coming back stuff all the time. I don't want to hear that. That's foolishness. And then if he do, ain't no God no way, so I'm going to live like I want to right now. I'm already living in hell. You know, people say that all over and over again. Man, I'm already living in hell, so ain't nothing going to be worse for me from this. At least you can get out of the hell you're living in here. Keep reading, Steve-O. You will always harvest what you plant. Stop, brothers and sisters. The verse says everybody in here is going to harvest what they plant. Well, if you didn't plant nothing, you can't harvest nothing. If you ain't doing something to produce fruit, there, <clears throat> there's nothing to be brought before him to say, look at what I made. Keep reading, Harry. Oh, Steve, I'm sorry, brother. Let's go ahead, Steve-O. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature, what's going to happen to them, Steve? Will harvest decay and death. Keep going. Meaning that if I'm living for me and I ain't trying to live for God, I'm going to harvest. I'm going to harvest hell. Keep going, Steve. But those who live to please the Spirit. But those who live to please the Spirit. If I'm living to please the Spirit, I'm living a life that's going to bear forth fruit for God. And if I live like that, what do I get, Harry? They will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. My Lord, brothers and sisters, he's telling us right here in Scripture. If you want eternal life, start working for me. Make something. Produce some fruit. And I'll make sure you get eternity with me. But what are we doing? Keep going, Harry. Oh, my God. Steve. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. So, Steve... Don't, don't get tired of me calling you hair. <laughs> Steve, what did it say? Don't stop being <clears throat> doing good. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Uh-huh. At just the right time. Listen to this, y'all. At just the right time, what's going to happen, Steve? We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. If we don't give up, what is he saying? Don't take on that insanity and be a lazy servant. Let's, give, let's get out here and start teaching. We act like we done gave up. Come on. If we get out here and at least put forth the effort, this is January 1, first day of the year. Come on, let's go do something. Let's not waste the talent that has been given to us. And he says if we don't give up when things look so dark and gloomy, you know, you look like just, man, ain't nobody showing up. Ain't nobody coming. Ain't nobody participating in events. Ain't nobody signing up to help on different activities. Just because somebody else don't show up, that doesn't dictate what you should do. Because this year, Brother Dwayne and I said, that if ain't nobody there but us and our families, every activity we have, we're going to be there. 
to the best of our ability. And we're going to do all that we can to be the example of those who strive to evangelize and teach God's word. Why? Because at the end of the day, God's going to look at Brother Dwayne and I first. What did you do to warrant me letting you in? We need to be able to say, Father, with what you gave us, the talents you gave us, this is how we multiplied it. This is what the fruit is that we produce for you because we know what kind of master you are. Go ahead for me, Harry. Steve. Therefore, Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, listen, brothers and sisters, listen to this verse 10. Highlight it in your book. Therefore, Brother Steve said what? Whenever we have the opportunity. Whenever, now hold it. Some opportunities you got to create. You got to put yourself in a situation so you can teach somebody. You got to prepare in your mind, today I want to reach out to two souls. You should get up in the morning with a purpose. How am I going to attract them? How am I going to be able to set some up that I can teach them? It should be planned out, mapped out. Why? Because it should be a priority. But I guarantee you, what is a priority for you, you make sure don't nothing get in the way of that. If it's something for yourself that you want to do, everybody else got to wait. Why? Because I want to do this. But the problem is, when it comes to doing what God would have us to do, we slacken up. Why? Because God understands. God knows my heart. He wouldn't put more on me than I can bear. Day in and day out, we say that to appease our minds like we were talking about in the class this morning. We want to blame everybody else because we ain't doing nothing. Driving in the car, running out of gas. It ain't my fault, it's the gas station. They ain't here. <laughs> Keep going for me, Steve. I'll close that one out. Do good to everybody. Do good to everyone. And then what else, Harry? Especially to those in the family <laughs> of faith. Steve, I want to tell you, you did good for me as a brother in the faith. Because you let me call you Harry and you kept reading. God knows I appreciate you for that, son. Thank you, Steve O. So wait a minute. Not only are we required to help other people by bringing them to the Lord, we need to do work to help our brothers and sisters who are already in the Lord. Now, I could preach on all day long, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to close with this verse. Galatians chapter 4, verse 17. What does it say, Steve? Those false teachers are so eager... To win your favor. Galate, uh, keep going. I'm, I'm sorry. Did I say Galatians 4.17? Yes. I apologize. James 4.17. But that would have been good too. Mm-hmm. Remember. Remember this, brothers and sisters. What? It is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. So I can say this without a hesitation or a doubt. We're in sin. I can say without a shadow of doubt, we're in sin. And we all need to repent. Because we know that teaching the gospel is what's good. We know that that is what is right. We know that is what God requires of each and every one of us. But we ain't doing it. That is the act of insanity. Knowing full well that what, Harry? I got to be, what, given account? I got to own up to it, Steve? You understand me? Think about it. 
I know what I'm supposed to do. I've been given the tools to do it. If you go back and you catalog the last 12 months of sermons, lessons, and Bible class, it's more than enough knowledge to go teach somebody the truth. The problem is, if you ain't here to get the knowledge, if you ain't in Bible class, how you going to get it? If you're not working to go out and evangelize, how you going to get it? As I stated before, Brother Dwayne and I are truly sorrowful for uh, the things that we've done, not done that should have been done, and we, God willing, will correct these, those errors. Going forward, we're going to strive to do our best to do what the Scripture says do in all aspects. <coughs> when it comes to teaching, evangelizing, and all the other things that will go along with it. We don't want to be the kind of people that push you to do things or hover over you saying that you got to be here doing this thing here. you got to go pass out flyers this day. We need to have everybody together for this thing or that thing. We're not trying to be those people. But we are going to be the people that expect you all to be held accountable. Accountability on both sides, Brother Dwayne's side and mine. I don't want us to be insane throughout another year because we may not make it to the end of this year. He may say, now, servant, I'm ready to reap my payment for what you had. I pray that each one of us looks within ourselves as we begin this year. Make it a point to say, you know what? I'm going to make it my goal. You know, I'm going to make my task to teach one soul a month. At least one. Think about what I'm saying, brothers and sisters. If you have need for anything, make sure that as we stand together and sing the song of invitation, <clears throat> <clears throat> you are ready to receive what God's word has to say. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb?